Hey, Trek Off fans, you can now follow us at Facebook at Trek Off Podcast. Do a search for Trek Off Podcast and like us at Facebook. Also, you can follow at Trek Off Podcast on Twitter. That's right. Go onto your Twitter feed right now and follow at Trek Off Podcast. And while you're there, follow the official Twitter feed of the Ninjas vs. Movies. That's at Ninjas vs. at N-I-N-J-A-S-V-S. Okay, enjoy. Trek Off. It's time for Trek Off. He's giving her all he's got, Captain. Giggity. Welcome to Trek Off. I'm Justin. And I'm Alexia. And today we are talking about the final Star Trek, the next generation movie, Star Trek Nemesis. Star Trek 10. Star Trek X. <laughs> um, uh, what has been called the nail in the coffin of the Star Trek, the next generation, although it is not... Uh, in fact, the final appearance of any next generation characters. Chronologically, it is. Um, at some point, uh, they, they do have, after this movie came out, uh, they, they show the characters in flashback. Um, uh, but this is the as far as the next gen chronology ever gets until you get to the new movie where you see um, uh, Spock from Romulus. Uh in the new Star Trek movie. But this is the end, man. The end of Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, and you're being silent, which doesn't work because this is a podcast and we need your help. I like to do these things sometimes. Just That's awesome, <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially when we are limited on time. Um, so it's going to be a little bit shorter than normal because we went long on the last one we did. And then we had a lot of fun looking at a lot of things about Nemesis. Um, you mean you did Hater, Hater McHaterson? Listen, man. I, hate, uh, hate, 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 So hate, let's hate, come. Hate, right, hate. So you said. <laughs> <laughs> Hater McHaterson. Let's do our quizzes. Here we go. Ready? <laughs> Bring it up, please. Am I going first? Um, we didn't even do this I'll last time. I know. And we, and I apologize. We said we're going to. We, this is going to be our new I thing. like this. We said. He said. You said. I don't know. We said. I we didn't said. say shit. Wow. You really have no filter right now. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Awesome. <laughs> Wonderful. Here we go. <clears throat> In the next generation episode, Deja Q, of whom does Q ask, eat any good books lately? Worf. Good. Give me one. Uh, what cargo ship did Ensign Mayweather grow up on? What the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. What? The Horizon. Okay. On, D- on the Deep Space Nine episode, Once More Into the Breach, why does Lieutenant Commander Worf take Kor on the last mission? Because uh, Kor wants to, to die an honorable death or something. Very true. That's it. Correct. All right. Give me one. What is the significant? Oh, wait. No, I'm skipping. Sorry. Hold on. Back up. Okay. Don't show me the answers. I'm not. Okay. And for the world is hollow and I have touched the sky. What do Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock learn about the asteroid Yonanda while visiting the Oracle Chamber? I didn't even follow that. What the fuck? I don't know. What do they learn? <laughs> These are terrible questions. Right? I'm giving you great questions. All right, no, on. you're not. All right. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Yonanda is actually a giant multi-generational spaceship. Okay, which series first used which show which series uh, which series first showed the Federation Star Trek, the using? Next it's true. <laughs> the question was a duck blind to observe an alien culture. Um, okay, give me one. Okay, first, first I have to confess. What you saw? The <laughs> 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 the answer is when you got the soup. 
Why would you do this thing? <laughs> because I drank a lot of alcohol and it was funny to me. <laughs> All right. How about... And I wondered, I wondered if he would figure it out. All right. Here we go. Real questions. Here we go. Um, here we go. In the motion picture... Oh, the this end- is less fun. Come on. In, in the motion picture of the undiscovered country, who is Captain Sulu's communication officer aboard the USS Excelsior? I don't know. Commander Janice Rand. Yeoman Rand, the blonde. Janice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> you missed it. All right. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Why does Harry Mudd pose as Leo Francis Walsh in the original series episode Mudd's Women? Um, I don't know, because he's a con man. He's a fugitive. Close enough. The character Wesley Crusher takes his name from the middle name of what man crucial to the Star Trek universe? I don't know. Kirk? E- Eugene Wesley Roddenberry. Gene Roddenberry. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Now, please ask me some questions. <laughs> Oh, come on. It was funny. Oh, Everybody yeah. else thought I was like a genius. I didn't have to tell the truth. It was I could have just let you think that. You I don't know that. that they shit. haven't heard it yet. This is we're time traveling. <laughs> They're hearing us in the future. <laughs> Go ahead. Your turn. Whatever. That shit was funny. Fuck. My headphones fell off. Hold on. Oh, OK. Who is Torah Zayal? Torah Zayal is the daughter of Gold Dukat. And a Bajoran. What we were looking for was Gul Dukat's illegitimate half Bajoran daughter, but that's close enough. You're such a fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Give me another one, please. Well, I have to adjust. I'll give you one. One, two, three, go. In the Voy- five minutes, go. In the Voyager episode, <laughs> Cold Fire, who is Suspiria? Wait, say that again? In the Voyager episode, Oh, I have Cold no idea. It's Voyager. The female changeling. Go ahead. Or caretaker. Go ahead. Hmm. I wouldn't have known that. In the movie The Search for Spock, what do Lieutenant Savick and Dr. David Margus discover when they open Spock's coffin on the Genesis planet? It's empty. That it contains Spock's Vulcan barrel robes, but not Spock. I think I'm right. I think we'll let you have that one, but... (laughs) Why does Starfleet Command order the crew of the USS Enterprise-D to participate in the fleet combat simulation in the Next Generation episode Peak Performance? Because they're jealous. To prepare for the Borg threat. <laughs> I don't know. All right, go ahead. Uh, who gave birth in the Next Generation episode, Genesis? Uh, ask me again, please. Who gave birth in the Next Generation episode, Genesis? It's not Keiko. She gave birth in um, Disaster. Um... In Genesis, who gives birth? Nurse Ogawa? Who? Spock. Uh, (laughs) Data's cat. Fela's cat is your taxonomic nomenclature. I dropped my other card and I'm not picking that shit up. Uh, But I already read you them, didn't I? You wouldn't know this. All right, good. We're done. You wouldn't know the last one. It's like a name of a crew member. <laughs> what fucking crew? I want to know. The, I want to know the answer, the question, and the answer. Well, Phil Morris appeared as Trainee Foster in the movie *The Search for Spock*. What other Star Trek properties did he appear in? I know. What was that? I want to know. DS Nine, uh, DS Nine, and Voyager. Really? Mm-hmm. And Star Trek: The Original Series. Intriguing. But not next gen. All right. They so go to the back, right? Star Trek. 
Nemesis. Um, you said you liked it when you first saw it. I like all of them. I do. You do like everything, and everything's good, know. and nothing ever makes any mistakes. I didn't so, say that. I just I like. So a lot of people attribute the failure of this film to its um to its opening near uh the Damn re- it. the release. Why of, would you steal away my cards? They don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> wow. Rude. No more drinking for you, <laughs> man. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ending this early is not gonna be a problem. I don't know how we're gonna sustain this for twenty five more minutes. What the fuck does that mean? It means you're I'll beat you up on Mike for twenty five minutes. It'll be entertaining. And that would be different than the other episodes how. <laughs> Would definitely be different. Um, because there you just verbally abuse me. I know. It's I don't so need sad. you to abuse me. I'm married. Um, oh, also that's awful. No, to say. Terrible. no, and I have an awesome, the most awesome you do. wife. She's in the world. fantastic, and she's so kind. And I know she's like the sweetest thing. <laughs> that as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, there are listeners who are listening to this who know she does not verbally abuse me <laughs> because she's doing a podcast <laughs> where she's like super super she's nice. Doing the you, Harry Pop Pop podcast, she's like, "Hello, yeah. how are you? Hi. I'm going to be oh, oh, I'm going to be nice to you because I'm that way, <laughs> and because you're my husband. That's just because she's that no, way. No, she is that way though. Yeah, she's, she's very awesome. nice. She's awesome. Um, so uh, it opened uh right on like coming up to uh lord of the rings two towers and i know that the reason that some of the people i wanted to come see it with me didn't see it is because they just had had kids there were a bunch of friends of mine who had just had kids now why is this important because i was the target demo for star trek the next generation it came out when i was in fifth grade and and being that it was introduced to me by some old, some people who were older than me. Um, I guess it came out when I was in sixth grade. But by people who were older than me uh, by a couple years, the fact that my friends who are a couple years older than me are now entering their mid-20s and are having kids, and it's near December. It opened in, you know, around Thanksgiving. Uh, people only had enough time and money to go see. Like they could only get a babysitter to see one of the two movies. So when I invited my friend Brett to come see the movie with me, he was like, I can only go out one of these two weekends and I need to go see Two Towers when it comes out. Um, so I think part of it is Two Towers. I think part of it is that that you have a demo who, when the last movie, Insurrection, came out a couple years earlier, even though it was kind of a shitty movie, they could go see it because they were a few years younger. They were just in their very early 20s but now some of these fans are starting to age um of next gen and that's part of the deal two towers is another part of the deal and i also think that people were burned out you know when insurrection came out you had ds9 and voyager on the air next gen was still remembered as a favorite had coming right off first contact people loved that but when this came out enterprise was the only thing on the air and insurrection was disliked and voyager was disliked Mm -hmm. so the last iteration of Next Gen, the last show on the air, and the current show on the air were all disliked. Mm-hmm. And this came out... At sort of the height of that. At that time. And it was... I think that's part of its failure. But we have to be honest. This I think that's a lot of it. I really think like if people... This opened number I two mean, to I made will, I will say this because uh, when... I just want to repeat what I just said. This opened number two all to right, made Manhattan. All right, all right. I, I did enjoy that movie, but I, I like Nemesis better. I'm just saying. Yeah, um, oh, me too. Uh, I, when we were just watching, oh, I don't know what the guy's name is, but the, the guy that does the, the Star Wars. The, 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 re, the Red Letter Media Plinket reviews. Yeah, that shit's so funny. Yeah. And I, I, you know, watching it side by side and him making the comparisons to Wrath of Khan, 
that are that are blatant when pointed out. Like I gotta say, when I was watching it, I wasn't thinking it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when I watched Nemesis, as you eat your soup, um, I wasn't thinking. Oh my gosh, this is a total ripoff of, you know, Wrath of Khan. Like that wasn't what was going through my head. Oh, it was deliberate. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it was a, a ripoff. I would say that the writer, um, John Logan, who is a who wrote Gladiator, he was their mo- their highest profile writer they'd ever had. Um, he was an Academy Award winning. What are you doing to my soup? Ugh. You eat that? Yeah. Oh, it's disgusting. It's like spaghetti. It's like spaghetti. Ew, it's tomatoey. Oh, yeah. Anyway, um he he was an Academy Award nominated writer, this guy. Yeah. Um, so it's like the real deal. But he was a friend of Brent Spiner and a huge Star Trek fan. But why would that be a bad thing? I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing. I would say that um, like I would think being a huge fan of Star Trek you know, it, and I, being a good writer would equal good things. In theory, that kind of works out. But the I don't know where it falls apart. I don't know where it falls apart. I don't know if it falls apart because Rick Berman, who is the who is the guy running the show, is still running the show. Um I don't. I think a lot of. We'll talk about the. Dir- I think there's so many more things that go into me. Like well, I, I recently found. I was. Yeah. I guess I was reading an article because I love. Obviously, I love video games as well, and I was reading like a little article in uh, Game Informer about sort of the hijinks behind the making of the Super Mario Brothers movie. Which I remember when mm. it came out, I was like yeah. so jazzed to see it. You know what I mean? It was Mario, right? Like it was big shit, and the movie. Like when you write, like you read the story of what was going on behind the scenes and like how that shit all went down. And like when people actually signed on to do the movie, the script was totally different from when they actually shot it. And then like all the rewrites it went through, like you got to imagine like maybe when that movie started, it was something totally different. Um, well I've seen some of the script to nemesis and a lot of the script survives. Does it? But the the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie is Joss Whedon's script, and Alien Resurrection is Joss Whedon's script. And Joss Whedon has said about both those movies, the script is not is word for word what is on the screen, but you can direct your actors and you can direct your scenes and you can make the scenes. You can make the same words. I can make the same sentence. I can go, you know, if my line is "Good to see you," I can go, "Good to see you." I can go, "Good to see you." Same words, totally different meaning. That's true. That's true. Um, and you can affect things with moods and you can't. But ultimately, the problem with this is that when you look back at like when Nicholas Meyer made uh, Star Trek two, he'd never seen a Star Trek movie, which they tried to do with the director. But he really wanted to create a Star Trek movie for people who had never seen a Star Trek movie. Um, and and. I think the thing is, is this guy was such a fanboy. I think the one problem with the, with a fanboy writing the script is he assumes certain things that are just like that, everybody should know that that maybe he shouldn't assume. OK, um, I could see that. I could see uh, that being a downfall. But I also have a problem with him as a fanboy not checking his facts. Um, the one thing, the Plinkett Review and the thing we looked at a pictorial synopsis um, of the movie. So as a fanboy, he said the fans dislike Data's emotion chip. So it doesn't get mentioned in, in the entire film. Doesn't get mentioned a huge part of generations and first contact a huge part of the character arc of data in the third one they said they said he didn't take it with him in this one they don't even even 
mention it. And I have a problem with that. I've invested in data. I've invested in data for a long time. When he got his emotion chip, it was a huge deal. It was a huge deal. But like for me, it was a big deal. Yeah, no, I know. It was like, I mean, because by this point, you feel like you're friends with him. Like, like data isn't just some character. Like he's somebody that you've, that you sort of feel, you know, pathetic though it may be legitimately like you spent time with. Like he's a pal of yours. So what happened? Why, why do they not mention it? Worf, we spent a lot of time on DS9 and, and Plinkett gives him a pass. Yeah. But when we last saw Worf, <laughs> when we last saw he Worf, was an ambassador he was to an ambassador to the Klingon homeworld. Like and he is just, he is their tactical officer. And they're basically going, whatever happened DS9 doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter enough for us to mention it. Yeah. Um, Even give you a one sentence yeah. why. Um, uh, so there's that. Jordy has not changed at all. The Riker and Troy marriage. I will say there is something to that, like where... While this is me, I felt Serenity did really well because I saw Serenity before I watched Firefly, and I wasn't lost watching that film. I was when I went back and watched Serenity again after having seen the whole series of Firefly. Absolutely, there there was more depth there. There was more for me, but I wasn't lost the first time yeah. around. And I think that's really key. Like if you because Joss Whedon wrote that movie. Well, I'm, I'm just saying. Like I think that. But it, obviously it's coming from a place of, of love for, you know, his own sure. material. But I think that's a really hard thing to achieve. That's a fine line to well, walk. Yeah, when, you're not giving, when you're not doing so much so that if you're a fan, you're like, yeah, I fucking know already. Get on with it. Here's the thing. Joss, but, Whedon, Joss Whedon was the creator of Firefly. This guy was a fan of, of Star Trek. So what he was writing was what he felt Star Trek should have been. He felt that Data should never have had his emotion chip. Okay. So he took it away. I mean, that's one way to look at it. He felt that Worf. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what he felt, but it seemed like it seemed like yeah, like like it Worf on Deep Space Nine. Worf on Deep Space Nine Worf was irrelevant. Should, Worf should not just irrelevant. Worf should. This was his real family. He should have been here. Okay. So he's here. Um, but there are, you know, I I hate to go back to the Plank review, but they pointed straight out Picard is not the Picard that we knew. He is he is sort of laughy, jokey, adventure man, and. He is not. Yeah, but isn't it feasible that like the dude's been through a lot at this point? Sure. And we've seen him at highs and we've seen him at lows that like that maybe he lets loose a little bit with his boys now. Like they've been together yeah. a long time. Do you know, like that seems feasible to me. That does that, to me. That doesn't feel like yeah, this it, complete, complete betrayal of character. It, it, it doesn't. It, you're right. It is not a betrayal of character. None of this is a betrayal of character. You know what it is? It's a cumulative effect. My problem with the movie, especially in rewatching it. And I'll be honest, I've watched this movie more in recent years than any other film. Really? Because it was all, it was the newest one. So by the time, you know, by the time uh, Nemesis came out, because there were like four years past, I had watched all the other Next Gen movies to death. I bought two copies of them on DVD <laughs> when the special edition stuff came right. out. Um, I, now you're going to have to get it all again on Blu-ray. I had, wa- I don't own a Blu-ray player, so that's fine. Um, dead format. Uh, I um, what are you talking are you insane? I will talk more about that. Anyway, the the um, <laughs> you are out of your damn mind. No, it's 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 because it's a disc. It's that's gone. This it's all going to be digital rights. Anyway, um, I uh, look at bookstores. Um, so the the point being that that I after Nemesis came out, it was the one I had not seen so many times. So it's the one that I would pop in. I had watched Generations and First Contact so much. And I disliked Insurrection so much that this is the one that I would end up watching the most in recent years. Um, 
And I'll be honest, it's as a if there are two ways to evaluate it as a movie on its own as a completely if it existed in a vacuum and you didn't have anything else to compare it it, to. it is a not just compared to but to continue consider it to be a part of right it is a b minus passable sci-fi action flick the clear beginning middle and end it's it's you know you know characters have things that they that they have in mind sure it has enormous leaves of logic which we'll talk about but it is it's a passable sci-fi action flick it's it's fine it's 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 along the lines of virus or or um not as philosophical but uh not as philosophical but like um Oh no, I can't even remember the, the it's it's long like like pitch black. It's 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 an okay B level low budget science fiction movie. Um, even though it was a relatively higher budget, still it's not it's not Avatar. It's not Star Wars, it's not really high budget, it's not Independence Day. It's it's a, a middle budget, decent sci-fi action thriller. And I'll give it that, that like its action scenes are done well. The the battle scenes uh, are good. So is your by saying this is your issue to do with this with respect to and, and when, you know, put into the larger picture of of the Star Trek you know universe. What? Is that, an, then, the, then it becomes less. Is that sort of your point? Like it, it's when the compare? inverse of insurrection, actually. Insurrection. It is. It is. I, I definitely can see here, where but, you would, where yeah, like they said and other give, people have said that like you've got insurrection and it was so kind me, of light. Let, let me let me speak the sentence that that is what I mean by the inverse of insurrection. Insurrection is a shitty movie that's pretty good Star Trek. This is a pretty good movie. That's not very good. Star that's Trek. shitty Star Trek. And that is my problem hmm. with it, is that it's not when in comparison, it's when you consider that they don't mention the, the emotion ship and they don't mention... That there are key elements that have, that we've been on board with. They just with ignore it. It's just not... And, that, and they're not really referenced. Not just not really referenced, but the tone is wrong for Star Trek. The I mean, it is very dark, but that doesn't mean that there's never been dark Star Trek, so I don't think that's a fair assessment. But the tone is wrong for next gen. It is it is not a proper send off for, for the next gen characters. A I, lot I of agree is, with that. Like I as it stands, a lot this, of it is that, empty. That movie being the last, you know, real look we have at next gen, I don't like that. I I would have liked something. Well, Plinkett says it in his review. He goes, "This movie, you walk away from feeling depressed. <laughs> this is a this this is, you know, it is not a nice film. It's not a nice film. It starts with a murder. The movie starts with a murder on Romulus, and it just shit just goes bad, 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 bad. Nobody has a good time. Nobody learns anything. Picard is just assaulted throughout the film, and then at the end, he." murders the guy who did all the bad stuff troy is raped you know it's mind raped yeah but it's it's the scene is presented as a rape no no i know it's presented as a guy like a guy naked on, naked naked on top troy, of her as she's screaming as she's stop. screaming and it's like like brutal. what like yeah. what happened to my nice next generation what happened to my next gen what happened to my you know even though they had dark episodes of next gen in those dark episodes you know, the darkest episode of Next Gen is my in my opinion is Chain of Command Part Two, where Picard is strapped up, hung naked, and tortured throughout the entire episode. That's the episode of next year. Ah, the lights. Four, four lights. lights. But at the end, Picard succeeds. 
he beats him. I guess what the I think what uh, the, this, I think the difference is I suppose like I feel like that yes it's dark and I think that people would have received it better if it hadn't been a movie then. Like I think the issue is like is that at, at, like you what want could it be? there's nothing that this could be. It couldn't be an episode because it ignores everything. Right, but I guess what I'm saying that like if I think your perspective and the way you feel about it might be different if there had been another next gen movie after it. After? That hadn't been so dark. Like no, I wonder that you would feel this darkness. way about it. All right, so let's go let's go through the plot. We start off on we start off on uh on um fucking uh Romulus, which I love. Yeah, I, I love Romulans. I'm a Romulan. I, you I, your fucking Romulan. I played a Romulan. I, I, I. You made a pretty good looking Romulan. I gotta say, you thank were you fairly very convincing. much. I, 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 I was professionally a Romulan <laughs> for three years. That was my job. That's how I paid my bills. Um, and so Which I. Which is a, just a badass way to pay your bills. F it was. Go, it was. Uh, you know what? Here I am, years later. Here I'm a decade and a half, almost later, and I, I'll, not even almost, a decade and a half later, and it is still such a special part of my life. I believe it. Um, it uh, was. If I could have been like a like a, a a Vulcan or a blue chip, you would have been a Klingon. Me? Yeah, totally. They totally would have made you a Klingon. Yeah, yeah. I'm huge. Um, they would have made me a Klingon. <laughs> um, uh, and you would have been good at it too. Yeah, you'd been fucking good I at been, it. I would have been fantastic. Um, the fact you probably would have gotten cast. And you know what? They paid like they like. I'll say it now. They they paid twenty dollars an hour for forty eight hours a week when you were actually only there forty most weeks with full benefits. Um. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. need to get me a job there. And a and and clear. during and and on the hot days in the summer, you did twenty minute walks with with forty minute breaks. That's fucking bad. So I spent I spent the summer going out pretending to be a Romulan and coming inside and playing Unibas- Uniracers on the Super Nintendo. <laughs> Dude, that fucking rocks. And Egyptian rats grew. That was nice. That, that was my nice. job. That was my job. That's that's what, that's what I and I paid my bills. I made a bunch of money. I made a ton of money doing this. And. Oh, that would have been so fun to and me. And my and my and my and my paycheck said Paramount on it. How cool is that? And my, yeah, that's and just my, badass. And my and my forehead was made by Michael Westmore, and I was wearing. Oh my god, that's and, so awesome! And I was wearing an actual like my costume was stored in L.A. I mean, it was it was part of, it was part of the franchise. Oh, um, it was awesome. Anyway, so dreamy. I was so glad that the Romulans were there when I first heard. I was like Romulans. Romulans. Yes. Um, but. I immediately have a problem with the opening. Even the title is this weird, like the, it unfolds backwards, like the Batman Returns thing, and it's it's weird and it's dark. And you're on Romulus. And you're a really going to talk about the title? It bugged <laughs> it bugged me because like the E was backwards, and it was, um, and a lot of this is I, I will I will say is the fault of Stuart Baird, who is the director. And I'll talk about the stories I've heard about this. I'll tell you one that'll piss you off. Oh, um, intrigued. But he wanted to make a Star Trek movie that was not Star Trek. See, no, but that's fucked up. Like, why would you want to do that? Um, because there are tons of movies out there that aren't Star Trek. <laughs> because do you know, like, that just well, the idea was that the, the franchise had gotten stale, and that's what they did when they got Nicholas Meyer to direct Star Trek Two, which this is supposed to be an homage to. They got a guy <laughs> who didn't know Star Trek and said, "Okay, translate Star Trek." To the to, general audience. To the general audience. But that's a different thing. Here's that's what not. That's you know. no. That's not no Star Trek. That's Star Trek for all. Well, here's the which thing. Is a different thing. No, I would say the Star Trek Two is not like any Star Trek that ever came before. It's like all the Star Trek that came after. Star Trek Two defined all of Star Trek because it was such a change. They was it was felt like a submarine 
suddenly it felt militaristic. It felt that the costumes were, everything was different. But here's what Harv Bennett did. Um, not Harv Bennett, uh, Nicholas Meyer, when he directed Star Trek II. He had never seen an episode of Star Trek. So you know what the first thing he did was? He watched every single episode of Star Trek, the original series. Yep. That's and what then you do. The movie. That's said, what you fucking do. He said, I'm not a fan, but I'm a director and my job is to, is do, to right do this. By so I'm going to do, and he did right and yet didn't make the movie for fans. He said, he said, I made the movie for my mom. I wanted a movie my mom could sit, come in and see. And that's why when Star Trek II starts, it has the opening title in the 24th century. There's this little subtitle before the movie starts. Oh, okay. To tell mm-hmm. you the general person who's never seen Star Trek. What's you, going on. You know Where it's you a space are. movie. I want you to understand what's going on. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of thing that's subtle and small that doesn't bother you if you do know. Right. You know, like the, that's what I'm talking Absolutely. about. Like it's a fine line. Yeah. Like you want to give enough to someone who doesn't know where they, they can feel like they're a part of it and they can feel like they understand what's going on, but not so much where it's like, yeah, I know, motherfucker. I'm not stupid. Well, Nemesis, Nemesis is spectacularly edited because Stuart Baird is best known as an editor. The only other movie he'd ever directed, I believe, was U.S. Marshals. That's a good movie, though. I like it's that not movie. A ba- and then I think he also maybe directed Executive Decision. I'm not sure. But he was a, an editor, like, on Die Hard and shit. Like his oh, name, nice. His name, and the movie is well edited. Um, let, let me go into it. So we get to the wedding, and immediately, yes, the there is the absence of, uh, of Luoxana Troy, but something that pisses me off even more about the wedding is the presence of Wesley Crusher with no lines. He's he had, just there. He had a scene. Really? And, and they the, cut it? And the director cut the scene um, in lieu of having Guinan tell a joke. Guinan was not a jokey character. And yet she's like, that's why I that's why I got divorced after 14 times. And immediately, that was my first clue. that some First, they had Data sing, which he sang in the last movie too. Clearly, Brent Spiner, one of the chance to sing, went to mm-hmm. John Logan, who was his friend, said, I want to sing. Mm. So they let him sing. But my first problem that I had in the movie really was Guinan. Because Guinan is there, and she told a joke. She makes a cameo, and she tells a joke. And I kind of went, huh. That's not really how I remember Guinan being. Guinan wasn't, okay. But I was like, okay, all right. Here, I mean, here. yes and no. She's got her moments of, I mean, she's certainly, uh, as characters go, like she has a, like I would say a way of but describing she, Guinan. It, she has a way of, I, I will say this, when she tells a joke or whatever, right? Like there's usually a purpose. Yeah, in this, like, in like this case. there's a wisdom beyond the joke. In this case, it that. seemed like Whoopi Goldberg on the, view, on the View. Okay. She's making it funny. But I'm like, okay. They gave her a cameo. I'm glad to see Guinan. She wasn't an insurrection or first contact. You know. I, it was cool to I, see I, her. I missed her in first contact. It's a Borg movie. She should have been there because who's affected more by the Borg than Guinan? You know, it, but okay, I'm glad to see her. Although you had said that there the Borg episode, and I, I I'm sorry because this really bothers me. The Borg episode on Enterprise, you're like, but it's fine, it makes sense or whatever. And like, yes, but then why is it when they see them in, in the next generation, they have no fucking clue? Like that doesn't work. That doesn't suss out, man. Well, there's there's lots of stuff that doesn't suss out. Why? Like, I don't have a problem with that because they're never identified as the Borg. So what we're talking? No, but I mean, there's enough. Like they're very specific. We, uh, if they were less specific, yeah, but I would see your point. But they're very fucking specific. We don't. We don't know what records survived. We don't know what we don't. I mean, know they what seem they, to be keeping their shit together. Like wh- unless the there's some big fucking the, fire that the, kills everything electronic. Like, but that but that's important likely. for us. The entire Borg incident on Enterprise takes place over the course of like a day. So compared to all the other shit that happens, including 
<coughs> just choked. Spoiler for spoiler for Enterprise, the Zindi attack, which happens after the Borg episode. <coughs> I mean, it's it just in in the annals of history. It's have, a lesser thing, it sure. Was, it was, but a, they're keeping all records. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's we're not talking about some time of like, <laughs> it's not the dark ages where like records aren't being kept. We don't know what happened. And, 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 the, and the they've Zindi- got databases like you wouldn't believe. So the idea that. Like it's I don't a, recall their ship being stripped of all their information, or that they aren't communicating a lot regularly shit, with a lot of shit happened during the Zindi. Okay. A lot of shit happened during the Zindi, but they still they were always before they entered the expanse. They were constantly in contact with home. I'm choking to death. Jeez, don't like don't. No, you're. Shit. I mean, you're you're right. I don't have as much a problem with that. <coughs> Son of a bitch. Hold on, he's he's got problems. It's that fucking soup. I told you, man. It's disgusting. <clears throat> This is what happens to you. Um, I don't have as much of a problem with that as the fact that they say it was Q who sent the Enterprise way off to meet the Borg. And yet they're saying the Borg was the one who was scooping up stations in the final episode of season one of Next Gen. And even more of a problem than that is they say that Seven's parents were following around the Borg when she was a little girl, which is before. <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> you talk while I die. It's the tomatoes. I tried to tell you. I don't know about this other stuff that you're saying about, th- but I like the part that the fact that they're future Borg or whatever. No, like here's that tie in does make sense. The part that doesn't make sense is that when next gen people actually encounter them, that they they have no frame of reference. Not even like, like that just doesn't really work. Well, the the bigger problem that I have, I mean, it doesn't even work in the context of the of its own episode. No, I feel like it right. works in the context of its own episode. No, the no, fact no. that there might be a Borg body left behind, I guess unless if. No, I mean they the, changed the they changed the back the back line. I guess the, the I mean the episode. Where, I mean the episode when they introduced the Borg. Oh, I see work. what you're saying. I saying. Uh, I think what I was saying is ultimately that the Borg don't make sense even on Voyager, uh, because Seven's parents are visiting the Borg and studying the Borg before Picard ever sees them. And Guinan, you would think the Elorians would have mentioned to Starfleet who destroyed their planet. And yeah, it might be big news. Yeah, the the might matter. the Borg continuity and in in generations, they're Elorian refugees. You think that at some point they'd go, yeah, big robot guys, robot human guys, big, big yeah. assimilation. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> so so yeah, it never really quite made sense. But about Nemesis, um, Guinan is the first instance of me having an issue because she doesn't seem like the, sorry, she doesn't seem like the Guinan that I know and love. Then you see Wesley and he's there, but they don't do any kind of scene with him. Then you get on the ship and Data's there, but he doesn't have his emotion ship, which was a big part of his character. And then Worf is there and he was a big ambassador. There's a huge arc on yeah, his I mean, life he's, to he's get a, there. Yeah, he's an ambassador it's for huge. all of, of, of Klingons. Like, yeah. it, I agree. Like that part, especially because it's a simple fix, yeah. it's like... It, he'd be there for the wedding, absolutely. There's no reason he wouldn't be. Hey, Mr. And Wolf, just, can you hang out with us? Sure, I'd love yeah, to. Yeah, oh, some shit just went down, Wolf. Can you hang out? Dude, yeah. I'm fucking down. Yeah. You know, um, cause especially because he's, you know, being an ambassador from his background, Worf yeah. is, you know, wants to fight. Like, sure. why wouldn't he? I'm already here. He would jump at that shit. Yeah. And, and it would be easy. <clears throat> it's a line. That's a little bit irritating because you know, it's a simple, simple fix. And then Picard is on a planet and he, he's not Picard. He's a doom buggy driver who likes to drive fast yeah, and, but is, you're, I, and is shooting at, at, no, at but he's, primitive he, creatures. It's like, it's, it's 
I know well, he is normally very prime director. And, and this director. is totally not anything like that. He's like, I'm going to go down. I'm going to go into doom buggy. And I'm going to kill some motherfuckers because that's fun. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, wait, the minute that they showed up, beam up. Like beam up or, or run Wasn't away. Wasn't there an ion storm or, or something? something? Yeah, but or run away or, or surrender and go, you know what? This is a delicate situation. We're going to influence their culture forever because they're going to see particle weapons as we jump into a ship. It's going to fly away. They've never like clearly these these guys got bullets. They don't have any ships. They've no means to deal with this. And mm-hmm. and who the fuck were they? And how and again, my point, if these guys were Remans, they showed that there were Remans down there chasing them on their own doom buggies. I still have their I still have a problem with their being a doom buggy race in <laughs> Star Trek, but that's easy, right? Show that it's Remans. Show that it's Shinzon's people. Show that it's that there's the direct yeah, there's connection. something there, or it's a bunch of hired Klingons, or it's a, or it's something we've seen before. Instead of they're going, no, it's a primitive planet. Ha ha ha! Fuck them! <laughs> Fuck them! I'm Picard. I love that. Fuck you guys! You I'm know what? Picard. We've done a bunch of seasons and like some movies and shit. Yeah, so fuck you! Fuck yep. you! I'm yep. Picard. Yeah, I'm just gonna blow you to smithereens. Just gonna blow you right away. And yeah, so, and then they go, and then the movie gets okay for a little while. It doesn't make sense for me that Shinzon is is. The prayer of Romulus. Well, yeah, the the fact mm. that there's a human, yeah, like running Romulus, and, and he's and, and he's, he's and he kind of hates on Romulans, and he's but he kind of hates on his human. Oh. Like it's it's a little bit weird. He's really weird. He's, he's sh- very conflicted, though. I'm just saying. He's wearing a big purple skin tight Buck Rogers costume. But it's hot. He's like he's like comes yeah. No, up, it's a little bit it's it's a little bit comical. He shows up I in guess. front of everybody on this big like bunch of steps, and he's not like. Hey guys, listen, I am a clone of Picard and this is a big deal and I understand you're going to have questions about it. So if you like I'll submit to a DNA test and stuff, but he's instead he's like he's like, "Yes, hello, you must have questions. Let me cut my hand and give you the knife." Well, that's more dramatic, that, yeah, friend. Yeah, I know, but that's the thing. It's like what uh, I'm just saying like what what is this guy's clearly. There are some choices that that I think when you go with the more dramatic, it's not necessarily a bad. I know, thing. but I it just it just doesn't. None of it seems. I don't want to say real because it's Star Trek. But I know, it's, like it's, let's be real. But it doesn't. <laughs> but it doesn't fit. And I and the problem too fantastical. Da- is that da- what you're trying to say? Data, and it doesn't fit with like the tone is so conflicted. Data is sitting there. I feel nothing. I feel nothing, Captain. I will download my my you know or feel nothing, Jordy. Like I don't have an emotion chip. It's a big fuck you to the people who followed the emotion chip. It's a fuck you to the writers of the emotion chip. Is what it is kind of going. I recognize the fans didn't like the emotion chip. I'm therefore saying I do not have it. So and why do that? Like if if Data's gonna die, spoiler alert, at the end of the movie, right? Then why not have him reach? He's fully human. Then he dies. He reaches his goal, but instead we're going, no, he backslid to the point where he has no emotions. He's the same data from first season of Next Gen, and, then and, he, dies. and he dies for no reason. Um, and again, you know, they're, they're having fights in corridors, and they're escaping from ships, and there's B4 is data, and, and blah, 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 and, they, <laughs> and, and, and the space battle's cool. I will, I will say this. The action in the movie, it's an okay movie. But it's a shitty Star Trek, and that's the problem, is that as a B-level science fiction movie that has nothing to do with anything else, I'm with it. I'm with the, let's escape from the ship. I'm with the, there's a, a fight in space. If it's mm-hmm. if it's Star Wars, you know, or if it's like a Star Wars ripoff, but that's not, there's plenty of those. 
there's tons. You said there, like you said earlier, there are plenty of movies that are not Star Trek movies. Yeah. And this is another one of those movies that's not a Star Trek movie. I don't think I agree with you, though. It's what's the philosophy of the film? I mean, just but you've got the characters, the the, the Star Trek. Like I realize, do you? What you characters do. do you have? I mean, just because Picard is Data. more lighthearted than you're used to, like doesn't mean that he's not still Picard. Like you he's know, what he's not I mean? really very Picard. Some parts of him are. Some parts of him are. Jordy's very. There are very conflicted scenes jo- in that movie. Jordy's very him and, and him and his, you know, fucking clone self. Jordy, there's revelations barely there. In it. Worf is is bastardized data is completely different than where where he should be uh, the thing Tro- with data troy, i kind of see where you're going with troy simply. gets raped so? she gets raped that's what i want to see i went oh i can't wait to see a good old star trek movie it's gonna what? be fun let's watch a rape scene well i mean here's what's so weird about you <laughs> like this idea like you like darkness and consequences i and like consequences, but there is but no like, consequence there is no consequence she gets raped why so the, so the fact that it's like that it says something about Shinzon's character and that it's creepy and fucked up like does it matter like isn't worthwhile like just because I don't want to see that you know, like the thing I is, just if, don't if Troy gets raped at the beginning of the of the movie and she spends the movie dealing with it like like later on like she gets her revenge using her telepathic powers to find where the ship is on a controller while her eyes are all the weird lighting on her eyes when she's using them later like the old Kirk lighting that they would do in the original series. Love the old Kirk lighting, you know, man. You know, it's romantic lighting. That's um, what we call that. Um, oh, yeah. But, but like, Believe it. If, she, if that happens at the beginning of the show and then she spends the show dealing with it, like when she lost her powers, you know, and it, it she spends the movie and there's consequence to that, but it's just kind of like it's almost torture porn. It's almost just like, here, she gets raped because it's evil. And what does it say about Shinzon's character? What does it say about him? Like, he's dying. Yeah, but that he's... He's bad. It's what it says he's bad. It does say that he's bad, but it also says that, like, like we're talking about this idea that he's that he's with these Romulans and yet, you know, seeks... What does he connection want? Connection elsewhere. He seeks connection through rape, kidnapping, and eventually I'm going to destroy all of well, Earth. clearly he we, doesn't know how to ask for the connections that he wants. Yeah, okay. But you know what? It's I love the explanation. Why are you coming after Earth? You know, you know, we will never bow before anyone as slaves. That's his line. That's when, when Picard asks, why are you coming to Earth? Like, he goes, like, oh, yeah, why are... The, why are we never bow to anyone as slaves? And it doesn't... <laughs> it, it does it, it's like he might as well do because I'm evil. I'm so evil. Have you seen Hood, Have you seen Hoodwinked too? Listen, motherfucker looks like Doctor Evil. Have, have <laughs> you seen Hoodwinked too? No, because it's making me think of that. Like, there's the I guess the main bad guy. Spoiler alert: If you haven't seen it, um, are Hansel and Gretel. And I can't actually, watch Hoodwinked. There are lines in it that that's what they say. It's like we're going to do it because we're evil. <laughs> it's I, just the whole I, point, and it's funny. <laughs> when I was when I was 14 years old, I wrote a movie. Um, and I'm not kidding about little little Red Riding Hood being a spy. Shut the fuck. Up. And she was a spy, and the and and Mister Wolf was the evil anti spy that she was fighting, and it was called Little Red Riding Spy. And I wrote it when I was 14. Real. I want to read this. Do you still have it? I don't know where it is. Kelly might have it in an archive somewhere. And then this movie's out, and I'm like, You're fuck. Like, I can't watch this. And you know, it's the second time it happened. When I was 12 years old, I wrote a short story called 12 Going on 25 about somebody who wakes up, like, hits their head, wakes up, and finds himself to be 25 years old. So 13 and, going on 30? Yep. 
Really? Yep. But I, is it the same or is it just the same basis? Um, it, I mean, it's not exactly the same, but it's uh, and it's, it's enough the same that it's, it's enough the same that it bothers me that the name of the movie was the same name that I wrote. But it was 13 going on 30 instead of 12 going on 25. And that hoodwinked Little Red Riding Hood is a spy. It seems so specific of all the things that would come up. It's so fucking specific. It's so interesting how that stuff happens. Like, because Daryl, well, he, he's created, like, he's had, like, inventions. Like, yeah. things that he's told me about. He's like, wouldn't it be cool if this, and then, like, five years later, that shit happens? Yeah. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um. So, anyway, the... the you, you get he's to, just evil for evil. He's evil for yeah, and and he kind of wants to get Picard so we can get his blood, and he wants to destroy all of Earth and the Federation, and he's got this big I ass this, this big ass ship, and and I will give you know the the synopsis we looked at did point out that it would be really easy to dodge the sh- the Enterprise coming at you, but it's worth it to see the Enterprise crash. That's cool. Yeah. I'll give that. That was a cool moment. I'll give it to you. It's, it's, it's an awesome moment. And he just rams the fuck out of him. It's like, um, damn. But then the end of the movie is, is fucking ludicrous. And it gets to the point where I am ready to check out, where suddenly Picard is going to go over by himself <laughs> to take on the entire bridge crew of <laughs> Remans that are superior warriors. A 60-year-old man is going to come over and wipe out. He's Picard. I know, but that's not the Picard. The line must be drawn here. Yeah, that's not Picard, though. That's the thing. That's that's uh, not the Picard I liked. The Picard I liked figured things out with his mind. That's true. Yeah, and this guy, he came over, and this is a Picard. This is Kirk. It's Picard trying to be, be young Kirk. See? And I can't blame him for that. I can't fault him for that. Because who doesn't want to be Kirk? I can name one person who shouldn't want to be Kirk. Who? Jean-Luc fucking Picard. Dude, whatever. Everybody wants to be Kirk. Whatever. Everybody. I don't care who you are. Every motherfucker wants to be Kirk. So we get so so he True gets shit. He gets over there, but it gets better. He shoots people with his gun. And then the plank review had a, had an issue with the fact that he didn't pick up another gun. But aren't these guns supposed to be made out of metal? They're made out of metal. Now we understand the props are made out of plastic, but the guns are all supposed to be made out of titanium. So he beats a guy like he beats a guy in the head and the gun sm- cracks in half. And that, I always had a problem with that. I was like, so you're just going ahead and saying that it's made out of plastic. Now. <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're just going, it's look. Like, yeah, no, that's it, not for it, real. Yeah, this shit's no. made out of plastic. It's, it's plastic. just going to break. It's just going to break um, right when I hit you on the head with it. Um, and bizarrely, the big mega weapon is on the bridge. Just there going with nothing around it. And you could just blow it up that way. It's especially <laughs> you just you're just you know though. Seriously, in fairness, okay, because this is one of the things I loved about Galaxy Quest. Yeah, that movie was so great. <laughs> like, I love Star Trek. I adore it, obviously. But like, when you look at pretty much any iteration, yeah, any single one. I don't even care if it's your beloved DS Nine. Yeah, the things that that like the big bad, whatever it is. Yeah the situation that draws that out to make it more dramatic oh, well, and no, then yet like, feasible uh, to do. Yeah, I will like give you that's the, a constant, like who the fuck designed this ship? Yeah, it, what are all of these pistons doing? Here? I know. Well, like, <laughs> well, <it's, laughs> and then he presses the button at like when he has, I don't know, 10 seconds or something, well, I would, but it I, doesn't I, stop until one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I would, and I, and I would give you that, 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 that most Starfleet officers who die in the, in the, in, in battle die, die because their computer keyboard exposed. 
exploded. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the guy's design, designing the Enterprise, so I'm gonna make this computer keyboard with explosives in it. <laughs> um, so when electricity comes through this thing, the sparks shit. are gonna fly. Motherfuckers are gonna burn. What if we just put a keyboard here and a screen here <laughs> and connected it to a computer that was elsewhere? Because it seems that these things explode and kill people a lot. <laughs> lot. It happens a lot. It's just a um, constant problem, really. <laughs> and and I have a problem with him beaming over there. I have a problem with with uh, with data ma- like having to jump between the ships. <laughs> and sacrifice I, I, I have a I have a problem with with data um, sending Picard back on his own. When why didn't he just wrap his arms around Picard? Why couldn't Why couldn't data t- like go? Listen, this is what I need you to do real quick. I need you to, I'm going to take my head off because we've already learned that my head in the episode Times Arrow, that my head contains my entire consciousness and we've deactivated before. So you can just stick my head on before. You can stick my, fi- my head over there on, on before. It'd be fine. Or why not wrap your arms around him? Or why not, you know, why not go, shit, I'm going over there. Hey, this little mini transporter have my arm. Jordy, can I have another one of those? <laughs> you know, but no. Hey, can I get two, bro? Is that cool? <laughs> He's like, no, I must jump over. No, listen, dude, I explained this to you. Destroy I love the- you, man, but you're a robot. I know you're sentient, but here's the deal. We're going to download your shit into this dude, also a robot. Yeah. And then you're just going to go over there. Like, it's a waste of equipment, man. We've been through the, the requisition forms, the red tape. I can only give you one of these little doopies, and you need to give it to Picard. All That's right, so, <laughs> so so here here's my... Biggest issue with the movie. Oh, really? Your biggest issue? Ignoring, ignoring B4, um, who, how does lore not get mentioned? Not even a, a throwaway line. <laughs> well, how does he not, like, seriously, how does yeah. he not get mentioned? I mean, why is it not even, when they f- yeah. pick up this positrogic signature, like, why is, is it not even possible? Yeah, go, 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 go. Is this lore? No, this is something different. That's it. That's yeah, all you need to say. One line. But here's my problem. Data deactivates B4. Deactivates it. Yeah, essentially, before you betrayed the Enterprise, you betrayed the Enterprise. You gave you gave us away to Shinzon. I have to deactivate. How long do you have to deactivate me for? Indefinitely. How long is that? Click, deactivated. A long time. What the fuck? That's a murder. We've we've established that the data is a sentient being, and we're going. You betrayed the Enterprise. I data must therefore deactivate you forever. I must deactivate you for what's going to be forever because you don't you know about that. forever. He says indefinitely sort of means sort but of but in a long time because he doesn't know. And that's the thing It doesn't occur to be as a murder for data because data, the way that he thinks like he doesn't think in human years, he doesn't think in timelines like that. Like, so there's a time and there's a place when work can be done to, to make before cool or whatever. Yes. And it's a long time. So it's, it's so somewhat turn, sad, yeah, yeah. but it's not a but, death. But, but it's not the, the end. scene comes off. The scene is directed and written to be kind of a, this is a dark, intense data is being forced to do this horrible thing to him. But then and it's, it's kind of dark, sure, but it does. It didn't it does, occur to me like murderous. It didn't it, occur to me as that dark. It, it occurred to me that data was turning him off and had no intention of turning him on again. Like when they dismantled lore. Like it, it occurred to me that that was, you know. That it was that same moment. It was that, it, it, it was, it was, a, it was fucking of mice and men is what, the, what it was. It was the end of a I mean, mice I can and see men. where it's reminiscent that, of that's, that. That's what they're doing. They're going, you know what? I'm going to kill you because you can't stay alive. And I had a real problem with it because it's not, 
it, it goes against everything we learned about data episode after episode after episode about how data is sentient. He's a person, not a robot. He's a person. He's a sent. There's a whole episode where there's a trial. There's a trial to ascertain whether he or not is, he's property he or is, a person. He yeah. is a person. And therefore, before is a person and data turns him off. And that is a violation of his rights. And that bugged the shit out of me, mostly because it doesn't fit for data. It doesn't fit for the tone of Star Trek. And I'm going to give you t- another thing that bugs me about the movie. That's the same problem. At the end of the movie, there's this fight with Shinzon and Picard. And Picard, Shinzon ends up impaling himself, pulling himself across this beam like in Lord of the Rings. And my problem is not that. But then Shinzon impaled, dies on a grief-stricken Picard right before Data dies. And tragedy. Surprise, there's all this death. I would think you'd love it. Here's the thing. I there's all these consequences. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I don't I like death of characters in a show and in a continuing narrative where the characters end up dealing with it and getting to a better place where there's death and there's consequences and characters learn something and characters grow. This all seems needless. This is a horror movie. You take characters that you like and horrible shit just happens to them. And then the movie ends. And I do like death and I do like consequences in my, in my movies. And this is almost an okay tone for a DS nine movie. Almost. It's almost too dark for that. I'm watching this as this guy is impaling himself. And like I said earlier on, what happened to my next gen? What happened to my next gen? What happened to my inner light Cupid? Uh, you know, the, the, the final episode, what happened to my next gen? Cause I used to be able to watch this and we talked not long ago about how next gen was the safe place that we could go to. And DS nine was a place that was not so safe. And I accepted that. Mm. But this is my next gen, and this movie is dour. I mean, it's pretty dark. It is dour and depressing, and they've just taken my characters and devastated them, and they try to make you feel better by Picard humming a tune at the end of the movie. <laughs> They're like, well, oh. When you hum a tune, everything He's is okay, fine. everything's fine. So everything's why, fine. So why is this movie like this? Stuart Baird, the story I told you that was going to piss you off, he went up at one point in the middle of filming and went up to LeVar Burton and said, okay, what kind of alien are you? I'm sorry, what? Yeah. To LeVar Burton, who plays Geordi. Are you sh- <laughs> Please tell me this is not What true. kind of alien please, are you? Please, please, please tell me that you've been telling me a the, lie. The, that you're fucking with me, that this didn't happen, no, that this is from the mind of Justin. With, <laughs> the exception of e- with the exception of Brent Spiner, most of the Star Trek actors have come out and not laid the blame at the screenplay. Um, but laid the blame on the director who didn't, who said, I do not want to make a Star Trek movie. See, I am that's making, the wrong tack. I am making the a Star Trek. The idea of making a, a Star Trek movie more accessible to more people is an okay idea. I'm yeah. fine with it because I, I feel like my life has been enriched by Star Trek. I've, yeah. I've had well, look what they did. better experiences you as a result of Star Check Trek. So out. more people experiencing it, I'm fine with. Check this out. Look at Star Trek, the, the, the new Star Trek movie. Yeah. All right. Dark in places. Yeah. Death in places. Absolutely. Consequences in places. It's not a dour, dark 
film. No, it is it very is optimistic. Fi- it is a film about overcoming these incredibly yep. and intense it absolutely, starts. Absolutely, like the the, the the end of it is absolutely downright uplifting. And here's the word. Here's the word. Tone. The tone. Maybe there is a moment where they are at their at their darkest when Vulcan gets destroyed. Yeah, where shit is just like I can't it's, believe the, that just happened. And then they move forward they come back from it and the tone of the movie shifts so that when you it it it, it so it, by the end you feel good yes that matters and this it has and this guy he wanted to make a dark sci-fi action film and that's not star trek and so you can go to dark places with death of important characters and yet end up with a film that is not devastatingly sad i don't know i mean especially if you consider Everybody, all the shit we were watching, whatever, made the, you know, the correlation between this being, you know, another Wrath of Khan. Look at Khan. They kill Spock, and yet that movie feels fucking uplifting. No, it doesn't. Not to me. Oh. I was absolutely depressed, you man. Are, you were sad about so Spock. sad. Here's the thing. You were sad about Spock's death. It was horrible. It was sad that Spock died, but it was in, it framed in the context of new life. Uh, Kirk defeated his enemy. He... He's there and... I'm just and saying, I didn't feel the it. Movie, I think I know what you're saying. Like, the movie ends, the last the, thing he says, he goes, he goes, I feel young. Yeah. Which, which you know, he... And he, the birth of the Genesis Project and, and, is happening. And, and, he, and he found his son and yeah. he, he... Good things happen to these people. And, and Spock, Spock made a decision that he had time to think about and said goodbye to his friend and even set himself up for survival. Yeah. You know, whereas Data accidentally survives because B4 has his memory engrams, doesn't have time to say goodbye to anyone and do, and, and makes a split second decision of goodbye, blink. Yeah. You know. It does feel a little bit cheap, I guess. You know, and, and, and everyone is just completely devastated at the end and you don't get any sense. You know, the, the last one ended with a funeral, which the point of a funeral is to make you feel okay with death. That's what a funeral does. It ends and you go, Spock, that is sad, but it's not awful and this felt by the end uh, i just watched data die and the bad guy impale himself and pull himself up and die like he's picard's son on picard's head after he raped troy and and, and, and dear lord when you put it that way you get to the end you're like jesus (laughs) whoa 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 (laughs) when is q gonna show up and make everybody robin hood you know Okay, you know? dude, that's what we need to do. Like, we, you need to you need to take half of the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then what we do is we call John to Chancy and we're like, listen, dude, yeah. here's the deal. What we need to do is film some scenes <laughs> for Nemesis. Make it all better. <laughs> then halfway through, you're just going to show up gonna, and you're going to put shits on in fucking Robin Hood. Be, <laughs> and it's just going to be great. It'd be like the be like the last twenty minutes of from from dusk till dawn. No, no, yeah, just, yeah. Where it's just a totally different movie. It's a totally different movie. Oh, this is gonna be brilliant. No, this will be. <laughs> think about it. Wait for it. Wait for it. this. Will be like Highlander. It'll be like Highlander, the Renegade version. Remember when they tried to fix that time travel fucking <laughs> other planet bullshit that didn't work? Zeist. Zeist. Yeah, we'll do that with Nemesis, and we'll oh. just all of a sudden Q will come along, and it'll turn into a totally different film. That's awesome. <laughs> we should do that. Shit! Yes. Everybody, I write agree. letters. Do whatever you I'm sure have that'll to work. do. JJ <laughs> Abrams is on it. We'll, we'll just we'll just add some lens flare. It'll be great. <laughs> It'll be perfect. Don't write it. No so, one will even know. <laughs> um, 
this killed it, man. Enterprise, Enterprise, the ratings were were already killing it, even though Enterprise started improving. But that that show is so good. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. It really is. The third season of Enterprise again starts because this was right before the third season of Enterprise starts. Was it? I think so. But it's like massive disaster and death, and uh, and it seemed like Rick Berman didn't know what else to do. It seemed like he was just like, hey, let's just. I know what I know. What'll get people blood flowing? Like everything's bad. Let's kill Fuck. everything. Kill them all. <laughs> and it, it was just like like on on DS Nine, there was the Dominion War, and huge bad things happened. But yeah. you, but people had small victories and small defeats. It was about the people, and there's nothing about this movie that felt like it was anything except about Picard and Data. And and Shinzab and, and Shinzab, who is Picard? Who is Picard? Picard, Data, and the bad guy. <laughs> Picard, Data, the bad guy. And we'll and the bad guy. And Data is wrong, and Picard is wrong, and the tone is wrong, and Shinzab is wrong. You know how you fix this movie? You take John Logan's script. You have a different director who says, "Okay, John, I like some of what you've done here, but I feel like we do need to include these things." And I don't know if if the version. Yeah, like what would you do to fix it? I'm curious. I what would like, I do what, to fix? Well, like if you could. Okay, here's an interesting uh, scenario. You, especially since you are a filmmaker. Yes. If you could, with I, I'll tell you, maybe the, twenty minutes of changed. So here's the scenario. What here, would you do? Here's the scenario. It's 2003. And um, I've been given a budget of five million dollars. Five million dollars. The movie costs like you know eighty million dollars. And the studio has seen Stuart Baird's final cut of Star Trek Nemesis and has said we are unsatisfied with it. We're going to fire him like we did the guy who made the prequel to The Exorcist, and we're going to hire you like you're Rennie Harlan, and you're going <laughs> to you you are going to fix this. Shit. You're going to fix this. You have the ability to change. Uh, 20 minutes the cast is available to you John Logan's available to you to make some fixes to the script what do you want to do what would you do I put Wesley's scene back in I cut Guinan's scene completely out or I make her a part of the movie or I make her in the beginning of the movie giving some piece of advice as they send off and I use Guinan as they always used her yeah which they managed to give her only five minutes of scenes sometimes and yet she was you know, she she was palpable. She mattered. Or, or I cut her completely out because the audience doesn't know who she is, and let's just move on. Um, I uh, I completely, as much as I love Tom Hardy, and I think he's a rising star. He's an amazing, astound. You should see a movie called Bronson. He's astounding in Bronson. Bronson? Yes, and he's great in Inception, and he's going to be Bane in The Dark Knight. And he's this guy is a rising star. He is a huge star. Now, but I'd fire him and really, and I would cast Patrick Stewart as Shinzon. Really? And I would not say that his aging was delayed. I would say that he's been sitting there the whole time because if you're going to have Picard versus Picard, I want to see Picard versus Patrick Picard. Stewart in both But he miraculously looks like him, like a young him. No, he doesn't. He's shaved. He's got a scar on his lip. His accent is completely different. I disagree with you. I think the outside of his head being bald, which, by the way, fucking, they show a picture of Picard at the Academy with bald hair, but we've seen Picard at the Academy before, and he had hair. So maybe they should have gotten whatever actor they had play him in, in previous... No, they couldn't do that because, because Picard needs to be bald. We need to tell the audience. So all sci-fi fans. We're all stupid. So so I I have Patrick Stewart playing that role. All of a sudden the movie becomes twice as fucking interesting to me. Every time Shin's on on is on screen, I'm with him. 
I'm, I'm, I'm watching him huh. because it's really interesting to me because Patrick Stewart in both roles, that's interesting to me. But and that's more than 20 minutes. Nuts. No, it's not. It's, 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 it's a big change, but it's, it's the biggest change I would make. I cut the mind rape and everything. I'm saying, is there a way you could do it in 20 minutes? Yeah. I cut shins on the roll down to 20 minutes and I make it Patrick Stewart. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know that he has more than 20 minutes of screen time, to be honest. I guess I haven't done the math. They keep they keep cutting back to him going, you know, fall rabass, you know, and he's got like two scenes, you know, and since I'm cutting the mind rape scene, which is a huge subplot, that's gone. You don't need any of it. Yeah, Yeah, I don't need any of that. I don't need Troy to get raped and I don't need her to use her psychic powers to find a ship. Um, uh, Fair enough. I do the lines explaining Worf there. I do the I, I do the lines explaining the lack of the emotion chip. Or if I have more than twenty minutes to fix, I I make data more emotional. I have him have emotions. Have him be there. Get him get there and then and then yes. kill him. I either So I, let me ask you this. If you if you get him there and then kill him, like would you reset I, him? Would I, it be like now you've killed him but his memory engrams, like would you keep that that portion so that like now he's just reset to data before I don't kill him. I don't kill human. him. I don't kill him. You don't kill him. Okay, what do you do? I don't. Ki- I, I'd have to rewrite because you love the death. I I have to rewrite the script to have his his death have meaning. Well, you just said you wouldn't kill him, though. That's what I'm saying. If I were to kill a main character, in order for their death to have meaning, it would be I'd have to it do. It would some, need to be meaningful. It would. I, yeah, there, there there would have to be actual reason. There'd be have to be something different than this. In this case, he, for him to die because you know split decision, he's got to fire a handgun into the. <laughs> you know yeah I, it's um you wouldn't go that route i would change the tone i would have more interaction between the crew about them as people i would uh i would just have it be more uplifting i mean that's what it comes down to i would make it resemble next gen you know that's why you're there to watch it and i would release it in february and because knowing it's not going to do that well i would cut the budget in half knowing that it's not going to do that well because that was sustainable I was when I heard they're making a new Star Trek movie with Chris Pine and they were spending so much money on it. I was like, "This is going to kill the entire franchise." But you were wrong. I was wrong, but that was a gamble they made here. This movie had a larger budget than any of the other ones, and it did the worst. Really? Yeah. Um, so I mean, it, it's. I feel like that happens a lot, though. Like when they, yeah, when they've run out of the the good shit. Yeah. Like they supplement with money. Yeah. And effects as though that's just going to somehow fix the problem. Yeah. And I think there were stories to be told that they could have told. It didn't need to be this one. Or if you're going to have, you know, two, two Picards. Okay. Well, so in a fantasy land and you could have, you could have, and you knowing, knowing it's the last one, knowing this is the final send off movie for the next gen, what would you have had it been about? Uh, I could have been about this. This would have been fine for me. This would have been fine for me for what it was about. Just the tone. Like it would have been fine for you as the last film. I would have loved this, or like I mean, I'm just saying, Fantasyland, anything. I don't know. I don't. I, what would it be about? It would be. Yeah. This, this is a fine enough subject. I'm fine with that. I'm fine with. I don't necessarily think I would have had him be a Romulan. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love the Romulans, but it wasn't a Romulan movie. It could have been anyone. They could have been anyone. Yeah. It just happened to be the Romulans. Um, uh, I I definitely wouldn't have had the Remans. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Um, uh, it's the only time we hear about them, isn't it? I mean, it's like not. Yeah, it seems we, sort of out of the blue. It that does, doesn't it? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not wrong about that. I don't yeah. know. I mean, <laughs> you've heard that they're there. You know that Remus is another planet there, and you never hear anything about it. Okay. Um, but I mean, it's it's uh, ultimately I would have been fine with this being the movie with some su- substantial changes. This is a fine enough subject matter. 
Okay. You know, it's a fine, fine you enough. You didn't like the execution, is what you're It's a fine enough idea for a story, and some of the script is okay. Um, but so your it, biggest issues, you would say, is like if you could pick tone, one thing, tone, it's tone, 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 absolutely. Like even if you if you changed nothing else, you didn't change a lick of dialogue. Do you think there's a way you could modify the tone and make this a more passable movie for you? Um, if I could cut things, if I if I could cut thing, if I were given the original script. Mm-hmm. And I could cut different things than he cut. Okay, yes. you could edit it differently. Yes. Interesting because he's an editor. I know, right? I would be I would be intrigued to see like I like I almost wish somebody would like yeah. take on the challenge like they would give you all the raw footage and like like make the Justin cut yeah. and like see how people receive that. That yeah, would be really fun for me. <laughs> yeah, it would be fun for me too. But <laughs> But alas, probably not going to happen. <laughs> so this is our half hour episode clocking in an hour and 8 minutes. Um <laughs> but this I told you it would never happen. Yeah, but it's thought. it's 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 worth talking about. Um Yeah. Uh and uh that's Nemesis, man. Um I uh, tune into our other podcasts uh, be sure to uh, oh hey hey this is a big deal I'll probably have already mentioned it at the beginning but um, uh, go to Twitter and uh, follow at Trek Off Podcast uh, Mr. A is going to be following that and passing on messages to us as necessary um, go to nlightpodcast.com sometimes I'll say something you um, know, provocative and that's <laughs> it man uh, Light Podcast Ninja Purs Vampires blah 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 alright <laughs> I'm Justin and I'm Alexia Trek Off Trek Off bitches Trek Off isn't the only fun free podcast you can find on the Enlight Podcast Network. Go over to Pop Off to listen to the Pop Off Podcast, popoffpodcast.com. You can also hear Ninjas vs. You, the hot mess with Phil Stamper, and the Suckcast by going to endlightpodcast.com or look, just search EPN on iTunes, EPN, and subscribe. Be sure to rate us on Facebook and watch Ninjas vs. Vampires streaming on Netflix. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook. Search for Endlight Podcast Network and also for Trek Off Podcast on Facebook and be sure to like both of those. And on Twitter, be sure to follow at Trek Off Podcast and also at Ninjas Versus.